welcome to the Dark State of Soul podcast. This is Joe. And this is Sean. And this week we have a special guest. Uh, we do this every year, talking about the best horror of the previous year. Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce Conran. <laughs> it's okay i get that all the time <laughs> hey guys thanks for having me back yeah uh, Pierce so, Conrad. My third time on now i think so uh, right. i appreciate i Let's, appreciate that you guys keep keep asking me to come back and uh, bore you with my opinions about korean films is this isn't this your fourth time is it my fourth wow i wow. think so it's at least done... my third wow yeah. we, need to have, did... we need to have a couple rings now <laughs> Because I think you came on twice to talk about film and once to talk mm-hmm. about drama, K dramas. Quite possibly. I'll What's take your funny is like it's like it's this is, okay. This is my admission is I've <laughs> I actually started since our last time. I've actually gotten into a few K dramas since then, so I'm becoming more very good. I'm getting to sucked dig into, the into that. I'm in the middle uh, of could, Mr. Queen right now. Okay, yeah, that's that's a huge one. That's a um, fun one. Uh, just for for people who are a little curious about who I am, I guess I, I'm I'm into Korean films. Obviously, I, I live here in Korea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work for the Korean Film Council as their kind of English editor for their English website, and I've worked for a lot of media over the years and uh, radio, television, whatnot. Now I'm the drama critic for the South China Morning Post in Hong Kong, and I also I also produce and I do translations for scripts and. Uh, and uh, yeah, screenplays, stuff like that, and uh, just you know, things that are just uh, that touch on Korean media and uh, connecting Korean media to the world. If there's uh, something that'll that I can, if there's a way to do that, like makes money, that's uh, I'll be I'll be somewhere nearby. Thank you for giving us your credentials, you're, and we like your money. Well, Pierce, you're you're leaving <laughs> you're leaving out a fairly significant part of your resume here. Uh, well, we're talking about your other half. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no. Right. He is the distinguished host of the Raw Force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is the Raw Force? That's true. I mean, that, that no, sounds a little pornographic. All right, tell me That's about right. this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, the Raw Force Veteran Society um, is a group of uh, for for film lovers, um, and uh, we we screen we screen very very weird films every so often at my place um uh, for <laughs> people who are watching the video you can see a lot of blu-rays behind me and uh, our picks generally come from there and, oh um, you the can only see those screening... behind you if you're if you're a patreon subscriber but yes okay well, yes. that's what i'm saying for those who can see it um <laughs> and uh so there yeah for those listening there are two and a half thousand blu-rays behind me um and so uh, the first time we did raw force um it wasn't called raw force yet but we had uh one of the films we watch is this ridiculous um exploitation film shot in the philippines in like the early 80s it's called raw force that has cannibals and a, a cruise gone wrong and a, a bunch of just insane stuff and um so after watching that we became the raw force veteran society so how does this sound is it sound like mystery science theater or something I I don't I, I don't know really what the what mystery science theater entails. Oh, okay. So it, guy, guys look at bad movies and they they make fun of it while they're watching it. Oh, well, I wouldn't but, say we make watch bad movies. Well, we kind of work up to oh. it because there is some drinking involved. So like uh, normally we watch just like three films, and the last the last movie is one where like well 
I probably don't want to program something that's like too good, too cerebral at this point. I think we should just uh, go with the flow. And so the, the schlockiest thing will be the, the last that. pick of the day, something like Raw Force. But no, we screened like, you know, very like, great classics. Like uh, we did, um, was it last time? It was always a theme. The last theme was kind of, I had, I, what did I do? It was like animals. Pet, kind pets. Of, um, pets. It was sort of, well, it was like animals, pets. There was a, animals are our friends, I think. was oh, the, that's was right. Animals are our friends. That's right. That's okay. right. That's and right. so I started with the the Incredible Shrinking Man, um, which is this Classic. incredible uh, universal horror film directed by because Jack Because I remember Arnold. this Incredible Shrinking Woman. I remember with with Lily Tomlin. That was that was one of my uh, Right. <laughs> Much earlier from the 50s is the Incredible Shrinking Man. And one yeah, of the big set yeah. pieces in that is this guy is obviously shrinking in his own house. And at one point he gets so small, he ends up like living in the dollhouse and and the house cat begins terrorizing him like like you know so it's like jurassic park you know when they yeah the, well that's part of the lily the, tomlin one version as well from the 80s right yeah. oh wow so it's they, they they've they've drawn that from from the original it's yeah a great film. um mm. and so that was the first one we screened that day and uh so that's that's a proper good movie uh yeah, but yeah they do yeah. tend to they do tend to get more ridiculous as the day wears on yeah so just to just to uh to, to, to highlight that the ridiculousness <laughs> as the day went on and the booze was flowing through our blood <laughs> that evening a little bit more we we also watched tammy and the t-rex oh yes yes tammy's here what is that film that day what is that tammy and the t-rex well how do you describe it, it it's um it features a pre-fame paul walker and denise richards <gasps> oh um, pre-fame denise richards too. yeah oh my and God. um it's and a, a total total b movie and it's just um the, the the they're you know they're a couple a teenager a couple in love in school and um and he the the paul walker's character kind of ends up sort of being killed by these bullies um and spoiler alert because there are these there are these there's this weird mad scientist somewhere who's like trying to like transplant blains into tyrannosaurus rex as you do um <laughs> somehow paul walker's brain gets put into the t-rex and so tammy of course is denise richard's character and it's tammy and the t-rex it's really uh, wonderful it <laughs> that was that, that was back ridiculous. when she was not such a great actress has she ever been a great actress yeah. <laughs> like, that's my sarcasm you got my sarcasm there <laughs> What's I mean, that, seriously, what's, what's that seriously, line, Denise Richards was, I tell you this, I tell you this, I tell you this, I've heard all my, the jokes. It's my thing. I don't know if you ever watched this, but Denise Richards was excellent in Undercover Brother 2002. I, <laughs> you've never watched think Undercover I Brother. I did see it. No, I think I did see it, but that was like back when I watched like every single release. So I dare say I don't really remember that. Is that is one, one of my favorite movies, rewatchable movies of all time. That one in <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. I Gosh, oh, Joseph Biscuits, it's a fun movie. Way, way ahead of its time. Way ahead mm -hmm. of its time that people didn't catch back in then that they actually intentionally put a corporate logo in every single scene as as okay. subtle humor. Back and look at it again. It was a humor. It was a little joke. It was inside joke they did. It's like yeah, they put in a, they put a corporate logo in every single scene. Even like one scene where they had like whales or dolphins in the background, they have an Evian logo in the in the fish tank. Star. I mean, <laughs> it's like they really went out of their way to put a logo in every single scene. Um, really fun show. Fairly fun movie. Mm -hmm. Plot sucks. Plot is weird, but fun movie. Yeah, uh, plot, anyway, plot, yeah. plots are overrated. Yeah, yeah. That was totally. That was that's actually if you're doing a film studies class, you would do that for theme because mm. everything else crap but the theme they kept really tight on that one yeah mm -hmm.
So and to, to bring it back to the horror films, I'm going to jump into the, the, yeah, or, or the, the, <laughs> K, the K horror. The second. pussy cats. I could talk about that for like two hours. All so right. Yeah. In T- Tammy and the T-Rex. It also, Terry, Terry Kaiser is always also in that. And he, he's, he's Dr. What was his name? Walkenstein or something like that. I, I don't remember something, something ludicrous like that. Right. <laughs> something like that. Morrowstein. And people will recognize him. Weekend at Bernie's is his most famous performance, mm-hmm. but um, but he he's done a lot of horror as well. He was in Friday Thirteenth Part uh, Seven, and he was oh, also part seven. He, yeah, yeah, he was part, also in Part Seven. Yeah, yeah. Part Seven. Yeah, and, <laughs> the lucky uh, he was vintage. Also, he was also in From a Whisper to a Scream, which is a that one. It's a Vincent Price anthology horror flick. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, late late in like 87 or something like that so he so yeah so he he's this classic in in those cult cheap cult horror flicks he's great it's great so yes of, of which tammy the t-rex is most certainly one yeah absolutely i really gotta check this tammy and the t-rex that really does it's great. my type of it's great. yeah oh my gosh so so, so Pierce, where, 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 I want to front load this because I really do want to find out, like, like where can people find all your stuff? I want to say that right now. Where can anyone mm. find your stuff, Pierce? Uh, well, for for my my K drama writing, South South China Morning Post, so scmp.com. Um, otherwise, I still write a bit for ScreenAnarchy.com. Uh, I write about Korean films, normally indie movies there. Um, and um that's it for those uh, lucky enough to read korean i published a book recently which is kind <gasps> of about movies um so that's available in korea it's called uh it's in korean it's called uh the english title though it's not been published in english yet is pierces in a pickle it's a collection of essays about could you about, say that in uh, korean one more time because i'm still like okay one more time yeah so obviously wow, something okay. of a play on my name uh, uh and um and yes yeah, so it's a collection of of essays uh sort of about about korean films obviously about my general taste in films thoughts and you know, a little bit about korean society a bit about you know anecdotes uh, of my life it's kind of a, just a mix of everything I really hope there's an English translation soon because that sounds really interesting. Well, it yeah. doesn't need a translation because I did write it in English. It just needs a publisher. Oh, it needs a publisher. <laughs> oh, well, I do run a publishing company. <laughs> okay. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> we we did a few comic a books. <laughs> <laughs> Make it into a comic and we can do ah. it. I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Pierce. So, so how I'm going to say too, and I, we were already chatting about this before and, um, and, and before we started recording, but yeah, I, I didn't see hardly anything um, um, in 2023. And Joe and I mentioned on the, the, the episodes all through last year, just how, how busy we were. The mm. t- tourism was a huge yeah. year. Yeah. Damn our business was- picking up. Yeah. Yeah. 2023 was a huge year. Yeah. And and what I would usually do, one of the things I loved to to do was, especially on a Friday night, uh, I think this kind of goes back to when I was a kid and we'd have late night Friday horror shows would come on and like Saturday night would be like Elvira and stuff like that. And this is when I was introduced to like Amicus films. And so now and again, a hammer film, but usually like the cheaper stuff like Amicus, but still great stuff that I fell in love with. And it was always on Friday nights, late Friday nights or late Saturdays. 
And um, I love coming home on a Friday night after a Dark Side of Soul tour around midnight. And usually I get home uh, and then I um, I'll put on I'll put on a movie. I love it. Get some scotch or something, some snacks. The family's asleep, and then I'll, I'll watch a horror movie. Last year, I was just so exhausted. I did that maybe 10 times through the whole year. So I think I saw fewer than 10 movies last year, wow. which is pretty shocking because I, I don't see nearly as many as you, of course, but um, I watch a good 100 movies a year. Well, maybe mm. not that many, not that many, but uh, I watch a lot of old school films that I sure trying to catch up on. Um, and in whatnot. So, um, well, uh, actually, that because because I, I I know what you watch because we follow each mm-hmm. other on Letterbox. That kind of the the, the, the uh, film uh, social media. Yeah, and yeah, so right, uh, right. so if anyone is is curious to to follow me, just my name Pierce Conran. I think that's that's my handle on Letterbox. I really like Letterbox. The only social media I actively use at this point. Right. It's more just for like just uh, I, I love to keep track of what I've been watching. But it's yeah. true for, for myself as well. Last year I, I watched far less than usual although for me that's it's a very very relative term because i was very disappointed with my my year-end tally of films but it was still like 330 but that's okay. like the first time i watched less than a movie a day in my adult life probably oh well. um mm. but um <laughs> gosh <laughs> turning your relative. nerd card it's my job <laughs> <laughs> but yes that's it's, it doesn't need to be my job it would still be the same well um, it's, a, it's a kind of like, it's kind of like me as like i've been an intermittent i'm a food writer but i'm in the middle of intermittent fasting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get what you mean <laughs> but um yeah no last year I, I was very busy as well and i had to just watch a huge amount of k-dramas and those take a take a lot of time and yes. um between a lot of other projects that i was doing um a lot of like very long translation things and also working on the book there just uh, wasn't as much time for movies but i uh, still got to watch a, a few things a lot of stuff i watch is, is is older films as well same as you sean and so i didn't see like Normally, I would have seen all the commercial releases in, in Korea, like the, the, the actual Korean films at the end of a given year. But this year, I, last year, I probably have only seen half of them. I'll catch up with them now. But now things have calmed down a bit. But um, I'm a little behind. So I haven't seen everything yet. You're writing your book as well last year. Remember the, the times I won't that, say yes. So when that's, we were, uh, that's certainly. Yeah. The few times we were hanging. Right. The few times we were hanging out. I remember we talked a lot about that. You're saying like, oh, you were, how, how busy you were. Right. Right. Yeah. So what would you, so what was the best of, even though it was still 300 and would you say 330 films? Um, yeah. Um, still what, what were some of the best ones that you saw anyway? I mean, just, just films in general now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, my, my favorite films last year, well, my favorite Korean film was something called killing romance, which is not a super well-known movie. Um, it's uh, it, it's, it's this completely wild sort of kaleidoscopic karaoke musical kind of um and um it's directed by a guy called uh um Yuan Sok or Lee Sok who had made how to use guys with secret tips and the royal tailor before and i've always really liked his his style of um kind of um sort of like very self-effacing comedy and really like like pop infused uh 
style and uh, like something like killing romance one of the, the references for that is stuff like barbarella and um it just oh, very very colorful <laughs> and, and it's completely wild and um i was a huge huge fan of it i saw it like seven times last year um and um and it's you know it tanked in korea because it was just too weird and wonderful and but then again everything is tanking in korea right now so it's uh it's uh, doesn't really matter but um it's a wonderful and we'll, movie and we'll get to and that we later will. but um, yeah yeah and also one of the last roles um, ever filmed by Lee sung the actor, of course, who recently, recently, sadly passed away. Very, mm -hmm. very, very horrible, horrible story there as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my favorite Korean film. And um, in terms of international cinema, I think my my favorite was probably Poor Things, New Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, that hasn't come out in Korea yet, but um, I was uh, I was lucky to see it at the Busan Film Festival a few months ago, and uh, it, it's just it's just wonderful. I, I've liked Lanthimos's films um, for 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 well ever since he's been making them pretty much, but. Um, but poor things kind of goes somewhere goes somewhere different with it with his style it's it's kind of his variation on on the frankenstein mythos and you know it's emma stone kind of doing that role and uh and willem dafoe's a doctor and it's it's incredibly erotic it's very very funny um it has the wildest production design and costume design and all of it and emma stone's performance is completely um is it's just incredible it's 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 wild and demented and yet and it's but it's not just it's not just scene chewing it just really really works um i i had just a huge blast of it and i can't wait to watch that again um so yeah that would have been my favorite uh film last year incidentally also a horror film and i think uh it should be pointed out that poor things is a low-key uh, uh remake of frankenhooker I haven't seen Frankenhooker, but I've heard this said. <laughs> yes. Not Frankenweenie. It's Frankenhooker. Not Frankenweenie. Not Frankenweenie. No, no, not Frankenweenie. No, no. My daughter loves Frankenweenie. Not Frankenweenie. Your daughter yeah. doesn't like Frankenhooker. She hasn't seen it. But she's, <laughs> I should hope When will she no. see this? <laughs> she's, well, what has she seen so far? I think probably the most. I always read the video version of this up because of my expressions right now. I mean, she'll probably discover that in her teens when I did, I'm a, I, I don't Cause I guess I was in my teens and maybe earlier. If, if my daughter has any indication on this. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. She loves horror though. So she might, and she loves goofy, goofy stuff. We just watched the Django movie yesterday. We went to the mega box and watched. Oh, it. how was that? Cause I like my daughter. My, I do I mean, like my daughter. My daughter loved it. Yeah. It, it's goofy. It's got a big, it's got uh, you know, there it, there's, there's kaiju in it and stuff like that and there's a huge monster so she loved it oh, <laughs> so, oh so, there you go yeah. it's it's purely a kid's film like you're you know you go you and it's all fart jokes and uh, when i first came to korea jungu uh, was the first thing i really liked yeah yeah never seen any jungu but well aware her her, her uh f my daughter's favorite film last year was uh suzume the Japanese oh, film, huge hit. I didn't see it, but yeah, just a massive hit. Uh, amazing it was, film. It was wild at the beginning of the year last year. There were for for basically for the first half of the year, essentially, them the two biggest films in Korea were Japanese. It was uh, right. it was Suzume and the first Slam Dunk. They were both right. like seen by about like um, yeah five million people almost each. It was right. it was crazy. It was mm, um, right. uh, huge huge hits and animated. 
Which speaking is, of kaiju, one film we haven't gotten here yet, and I'm dying to see is, is the new Godzilla minus. Yes. Okay, so I've been wait. looking for that. I've been looking for that to show up. I don't know when it's going to come out here. It will because I'm afraid us, that Koreans would cheer. What would happen in that when Godzilla's tearing up? Tokyo. I don't know what happens. Don't I don't know anything. I don't know. I haven't even watched the trailer. Don't. <laughs> well, don't I mean, I'll watch the trailer. I have watched the trailer. I have not. Uh, <laughs> of course. Okay. Spoiler alert. Godzilla. <laughs> destroys a city i mean my oh, god no. oh wow <laughs> what, we don't what, tell what, what know city it is <laughs> but you know it's like i'm afraid that koreans will be like yeah destroy japan <laughs> for, maybe that's what i haven't so i haven't, I haven't I seen it <laughs> i haven't seen it seen it yet either of course but um because i that's a movie you have to see in but cinema. lots of people you, that i trust really love this movie they really well, like it i mean the last the last live action japanese one was great shin godzilla shin, that was excellent. fantastic very, this very apparently good. is better oh. uh, so from what i've heard with uh, uh godzilla minus one so one of our biggest supporters uh, uh joel joel bonamini uh in in australia um he said it was one of the best films he saw last year. Yeah, I take and, everything he says with a grain of salt. <laughs> and Joel's now laughing. But Dude, um, because of him, I went to see the last Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Anyway, yeah. It was great. I um, like the last Indiana Jones movie. You know what? You know what? No, this is one this is one of the rare times where I even I, who am an apologist for a lot of movies, I really think they went the wrong direction with the ending of that one. I really do. Hold on now. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting, hold on. Godzilla, wait a second. Let's not get away from, I'm not done talking about Godzilla yet. Uh, but I talk about this. What I've okay. heard is that one of the key things they went for when they were writing that film is that the thing that made the, the, the original Godzilla work and connect with people so much is that, yeah, Godzilla was there, but he represented something. It wasn't just a giant monster. Right. There, there, there were human characters in it. Right. And, and um and so perry mason notwithstanding in the american release of that of that movie but i've heard that they've done the same thing with godzilla minus one it's very human and, mm, and that's and what i heard well it's, it's, it's on a human level that's what i heard interesting yeah. Shin Godzilla was the total opposite of that, and I loved it for it. It was just all about the system and bureaucracy, and I thought it was just yeah. a great commentary on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've heard it minus one described as a human drama that just happens to have Godzilla in it. Interesting. Oh, I so, can't wait to see it. Just, oh, yeah, I mean, by all counts, okay. fantastic. So that's like yeah. Cloverfield. I like Cloverfield. Hope's better than Cloverfield. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. hate that movie, but it's. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. I thought it was perfectly <laughs> fine. I thought it was perfectly yeah, it's fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Entertaining. We'll probably see it in raw force. Bringing endorsement. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong Not with perfectly good. fine. You know? Not as good as the sequel. Oh, you're talking about the one with John Goodman in it? One? Or the one that's out of space? 10. Ten Cloverfield uh, yeah, Lane. Ten Cloverfield Lane was definitely okay. The that's the John Goodman one. No okay. Question. Yeah, that's the yeah, John Goodman one. Yeah. I saw the one out in space. No, not so good. That was a real stunt one where it was just like is that the they, they they dropped the trailer during the Super Bowl and they and they launched it like a few hours later. It was just yeah. like a, 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 sh oh. a shock tactic dropping an entire yeah, film on and, Netflix. And it, I watched it and it was like oh, wow. it's one of those movies where like okay that's a fine movie but I don't remember anything from it. I really yeah. don't. Remember but it, it was in hindsight it was it was brilliant marketing for that 
particular film because the film was garbage and um and it, it, this had never <laughs> been done before like dropping an entire film to see like you know for free if you have enough account straight away like a fairly big budget movie and um because it was so bad and even like a trailer probably wouldn't have looked good they just just dropping it like that just the surprise and the excitement people watched it no one liked Ooh, it yeah, people saw it and that and that it made sense right 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 it just made so, feel look better it did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so then yeah so okay so then what are some of the other the, the korean maybe not even necessarily horror were there any good thrillers and things that you saw this year or last uh, year well uh beyond killing romance which is like just far and away my number one film um last year and the uh, or uh, the uh to to say the last thing about it just to kind of just to kind of share my excitement for the film is um uh 20 20 years ago when i was a student in dublin and ireland uh, and I was already a big fan of Korean films. And um, there was an opportunity to see this film in the cinema that had this random screening. Um, and I'd never seen a Korean film in the cinema before. And I went, so it was a midnight screening. And I turned out I was the only person in the in the audience. It had a very bizarre name, very bizarre poster. And I was immediately hooked. And it became like my, my favorite cinema experience of all time. And it still is. That movie was Save the Green Planet. Um, oh, yeah, absolute classic from 2003. And, um, and so Killing Romance, is, is a very different movie but it kind of gave me a very similar feeling of just something just so fresh and exciting and new and such an incredible voice and just just that excitement that pure exuberance um of of being in the cinema and just sharing in that sensation so um i i really really fell in love with it but moving on from killing romance a movie that is um much bigger uh and was was i really really liked to call concrete utopia um this was one of the summer blockbusters um last summer and um it's about uh, an, an earthquake hits seoul like at the very beginning of the movie and that's the earthquake isn't really part of the film what happens is the story is the aftermath of the earthquake when just one apartment block remains standing in seoul it seems something like that and so then it becomes kind of this whole survival story about the people in, in the apartment block and so other people want to get into the apartment block and there's this hierarchy from the apartment block and it's just this incredible um uh, the huge metaphor for for you know real estate and uh, social class related to real estate in Korea, which is just a huge, huge, huge deal. And so I thought it was really cleverly done. It was very well made as well. This wonderful director called Omtewa who was uh he did a film at the korean academy of film arts years ago and then and then he made these really good shorts and um and he's been waiting to make you know his his great big commercial movie and this is it and so i really really liked it um it was the pick for korea's pick for the um the best international film section at the oscars this year it didn't get shortlisted um not the right movie for that but um yeah it was a great movie really enjoyed that one so that was my favorite um big budget korean film so that was really good um like for horror i didn't see much horror i guess the the, the one the one that i saw the big one that has to be mentioned is sleep um which debuted at the Cannes film festival and then went screened at a lot of big festivals um and it's the debut of a director called jason yu who used to be the he was like the third assistant director on Okja, uh, Bong Joon-ho's film. And then he became like uh, Bong Joon-ho's sort of like sort of researcher slash personal assistant on some stuff. And then he got to make his debut and, and, and director Bond was very supportive of it. And that's probably 
partly why I got into Can, and it also stars Lee Sung-yoon from, from Killing Romance. And that's about a couple who live in an apartment um, who uh, they have uh, conceived, the wife is pregnant, and then her husband starts like sleepwalking in the middle of the night and just gets increasingly dangerous and bizarre and weird. There's a slight shamanistic element to it. Um, and, um, you know, people, a lot of people really like this film. Sadly, I'm not one of them. I don't think it's a terrible movie, but I think it was not, not anywhere near as, um, as kind of, you know, uh, like stylistically daring or innovative as a lot of people kind of made it out to be. I kind think it feels just like the, the shining of, in a way. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's, that's a hard, hard thing to compare oneself to, but it's much smaller than that. Cause it's just like, it's a small sort of, green apartment. Sort of, sort of, you know, someone going the out the on the madness because of supernatural elements. And all I mean, stuff. sure. There's yes, the, uh, and to, to that extent, there is, I guess, a little bit of that. Uh, I'm sure it was one of many references, but, um, uh, you know, but th- this is one where I wouldn't say don't, I would say don't take my word for it. Cause I do think I'm a little bit in the minority. People do seem to like it. But I also do think that the reception has been inflated because there's kind of the, the Bong Joon-ho name is sort of adjacent to it, even though he had nothing to do with it. And did, wasn't that picked up by Netflix? It's on Netflix now, isn't it? Because that's Cham, um, right? I guess. Well, it might be on. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix in Korea now. Uh, th- I mean, th- that doesn't mean that it was you know picked up by Netflix. It just means right. that it's that's it's just available on on uh, on on SVOD or whatever um, in in Korea now. It was it was a theatrical release, and it was one of the only films that that made money this year. Not a lot, but one of the only uh, films. We'll we'll get to that a bit later, I guess. Right, right, yeah. Because because that did pop up on my. Netflix and my my. Account. I think it would have. It makes sense that because it, it came out what like October some. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that it would drop around now on on streaming. Right. So I'm trying to see, and it, as you said, like it doesn't mean that Netflix actually bought rights to it, but um, oh yeah, there it is. You know, it doesn't have the Netflix logo on it. So I, I guess no, it's, it's not. Just, it, it's not a Netflix yeah. original. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. So yeah. So I did see that. I do have that on my to watch list. Uh, list and it, yeah and it's a nice length too it's only not, it's only 90 minutes which is that is definitely in its favor sadly korean films uh don't normally come in under 120 so uh it's always <laughs> something in its favor for sure right um because yeah. they can't afford the, the film stock film stock come on it's 2024 <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Um, you realize was during like, these shows, I'm the dumb guy in this this dynamic. So that's what that's my uh, job. Well, I'm I'm just I'm feeding that. That's all. Okay. okay. <laughs> no. But um, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of film stock, though, there was another uh, good movie from last year called uh, Cobweb, which is uh, from the great director Kim Joon, who we've definitely talked about a lot um, mm-hmm. here on the podcast. We've mentioned, you know, um, talked about a Tale of Two Sisters a lot. That you know, wonderful K Har classic. He's a director mm-hmm. of that. This is his new movie. Cobweb was also in Cannes last year. And stars Song Kang Ho, the great Song Kang Ho of Parasite and everything else. And um, he plays this 1970s film director in Korea who is, um, he's trying to reshoot the ending of his film that he believes will be his like magnum opus. And the question is, you know, is he, is he crazy or is it, is, is it the real deal? And it's, you know, he's fighting with, against censorship and, you know, difficult actors and just a lot of kind of melodrama and stuff in there. And of course the big, the, um, 
the character is clearly modeled after Kim Kyung, the great filmmaker who made The Housemaid, which is that huge reference for, again, Parasite and a bunch of other Korean classics, uh, really the, the great classic Korean filmmaker. Uh, although Kim Ki-young's family, um, his descendants are, were so outraged by this. They've, uh, they tried, they tried to sue the production and all that. And his, and, um, and the name, like they, they changed the name of the character. Um, and so it's, it's officially not Kim Ki-young at all now, but it, it, it clearly is modeled after him. Like he even has like the same glasses and his scarf and, and his weird flamboyant shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a good movie. It's not, not Kim Jin's best film, but it's extremely well made, beautifully, beautifully shot. Same guy who shot Decision to Leave and Kim Jin's previous films. Um, and it has just this wonderful energy to it. And, um, it really leans into melodrama quite a bit in a very, in a very fun way. Like they're real kind of like Korean makjang melodrama. So, um, that makes it quite fun. And there's also the movie within the movie. So there, there, we see like the black and white footage of, of the various scenes of the film they're shooting, which is kind of like a, a bit of a, um, uh, again, like an, an, an extra melodramatic version of the housemaid. Um, so, um, you know, even just for that alone, it's, um, it's worth watching. So that's a pretty good movie. That's also on Netflix. Uh, added, yeah, that would have dropped recently. Yeah. Yeah. I think just in the past week or two. Um, so good. And that also popped up. Um, and I hadn't not 90 heard- minutes though. It's a, that one's too long. It's got, it's got to be 140 or something. Yeah. According to, it says two, two hours and 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, when, when I saw that it was a Kim Ji Yoon, a movie then i say okay well i want i definitely want to see it because it's one of the few i think i'm more of a director not always but i i'm directors often attract me more than actors do um when 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 if i'm if i'm attracted to a film like to to watch a film um, unless it's vincent price or boris karloff yeah, and there are the exceptions, of course, but <laughs> yeah. but they but spe- especially like early on, those guys worked with some pretty good good directors as well. Oh my like, god, you know, yeah. So then you know, if you look at like Hammer, like it's like oh, good, it's got Christopher Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Terrence Fisher is directing it. Well, so, that's, um, the, that's the yeah. dream, the the golden <laughs> triangle right there. Right, and right. Uh, what? And who's the? And Jimmy Sangster, right? Jimmy Sangster right? wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> did the screenplay or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think generally, yeah. When I when I hear a director, um, even if it's an actor I don't really like, the director can draw me to to the film. Um, I like actors, um, but. Yeah, when I saw Kim Ji Yoon, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. And so, oh, I, I feel the same way. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. to to use the 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 five dollar word for it, it's the auteurist perspective of uh, of kind of film appreciation. You kind of go by the director for, foremost. And, and why not? Because the director is the person who has, who imprints themselves the most on a film. You know, they're there from the beginning until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if they've written it as well. And so, uh, so for sure, there are there are great actors, but uh, actors, you know, are, are only as good as the material they work on. And right. some actors are really good at picking good material, and other ones, you know, have have a have a spottier track record. Um, so actually, Concrete Utopia, which I mentioned, is uh, the the actor main actor in that is Lee Byung-hun, who I think is one of the actors with the best track records of choosing good material in Korea. Because even some of the great actors like uh, like Song Kang Ho and things like that, they've 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 been in a couple of couple of turkeys. Right, I see. But right, right. that's normal. That's how it goes. Yeah, if, if you're going to make a career, you're going to have missteps all the time in every career. So, um, yeah. So then, 
what would you say was so you said killing romance and you told me this before as well when we were chatting at some point um in the last several months or something that killing romance was your it was your favorite film what would you say uh was i don't know a film that you really enjoyed uh but you you would also say that it's actually not that good so because i because we talked about this before like i i know there's like tammy and the t-rex like it's not a good movie but it's a great movie was there anything like that in in, uh in 2023 for korean films um yeah you can think of i'm not sure i saw enough or maybe maybe there just weren't really any um Mm. what i saw the the other films i saw last year nothing really really marked me um there were a couple of you know decent films i saw at um, at film festivals these are films that you know are are a long way away from actually being available anywhere but there was one i enjoyed um no i've gone forgotten the title it's called her hobby her hobby that's green at the Buchanich National Film Festival in July. And um, basically anyone who has seen Bedeviled, which is one of the one of the great modern Korean films, a story of a of a of a peasant woman on an island who's just like abused by everyone on this this small island community and she eventually grabs a sickle and goes completely ballistic. And her hobby is kind of the same the same thing but it's um but it's it's more of a feminist story bedeviled is not a feminist story at all really it's it's very much exploitation and her hobby is is directed by women and there are two female characters sort of band together against the the horrible people in this mm. uh, in the countryside it's not as good as bedeviled but um it is it is good it's a smaller movie um and so i enjoyed that and i hope uh, i hope it sort of uh gets out there a little bit um mm. But um, yeah, you know, in terms of like in terms of like a, a so bad it's good movie, I, I I I'm struggling. You know, there were certainly a few bad ones, but um, I I can't say that I enjoyed them even ironically. <laughs> okay, so they weren't okay, not even ironically, right? Um, yeah. So then, uh, if you were to pick your top three, then Korean Korean films, stuff that's like leaning more towards like the darker edge and thing. And I have another question about this, but. If you were mm-hmm. to pick three films from 2023 Korean films that that are darker edged films, what what would you? Darker not necessarily horror, films. but uh, right because I'll struggle with horror because just weren't enough films that kind of fit the bill. But um, I suppose then I would put Concrete Utopia at the top. It's not a horror film per se, but it is. It's a it's a, just a very very dark disaster parable, and it's pretty it's it's pretty grim um, mm-hmm. in a in a very 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 cool way. So I'll put that as number one. Um, I guess Cobweb doesn't really count. Um, so I don't know. Do I have to pick three? I mean, her hobby, but that's not really available. So, um, well, something to look forward uh, to for, for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I hope it, it comes available. So, so unfortunately I can't really answer the question of more films. I, what I will do is I'll mention some of the other notable Korean, Korean horror films that came out last year hmm. that I have yet to see. Okay. Um, Probably the most successful one was something called Dr. Chun and the Talisman, uh, which I think is also recently, I think it just came up on Netflix over the weekend. Yep. Yep. Um, and that stars Kang Dong-won, huge, huge star, who is known for um, 
what's he in? He's in um, Uchi, the 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 the, the Taoist wizard. He's in M. He's in he's in Duelist, one of my favorite Korean films. And he's been a big heartthrob star for for twenty years. Now he's in Peninsula, the Train to Busan remake, a uh, sequel rather. And it's um it's kind of like a, a, a he plays like this kind of you know very debonair. <laughs> shaman i guess and it's kind of like a horror comedy i haven't seen it um it sounds a bit middling but uh but uh it did it did well commercially where else will be speaking um so there's that one and then there were there was one film that by all accounts is not very good it's called the ghost station it's a very small movie that also debuted at, at bfan which um, on fantastic film festival a couple of years ago and it opened in spring and it was seen by a quarter million people which is not a lot but this is actually a low budget movie so it actually made money and um only six films made money last year so that was quite remarkable and it's kind of random why this one broke through i don't i don't know i wasn't paying attention i guess i was really busy in april when it came out but um for some reason that kind of broke through relatively speaking given given its production size and that seemed to uh get a few eyeballs but no one liked it it has these it has abysmal rating scores so it's, a, it's kind of a mystery to me why, why it made money that's right, my right. life man that's my life but in horror movies you know it's not always uh, uh, it's, it's not, my it's, thing it's is i love movies that no i mean undercover brother <laughs> i don't get why that's not a cult classic it's one of the greatest movies of all time anyway there's time uh, that. <laughs> um yeah so then anything in 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 the world of television k drama well, television is obviously you know my 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 beat now uh, for, for better or for worse um and so i have to um uh no, no shade just uh just there's there's a lot of k drama and um and it just takes a lot more time to watch these shows and um and they're you know they're they're sort of cut from a slightly different cloth to film so it's you know it's 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 a it's a different thing i'm not always the right audience for different shows but um last year was once again a very big year for k-drama that the last couple of years have been pretty enormous um in terms of horror there weren't many horror shows there were a few like big sort of netflix horrory fantasy-ish sci-fi adjacent you know mashups uh none of them were very good like there was the, the second season of sweet home i i didn't hate the first season of sweet home i wasn't a big fan but i i i i, I admired some of its like monster effects and there were a few things that worked in there i liked the limited location the derelict office um, uh, apartment tower it took place in Mm -hmm. season two um just sprawls out into greater soul has it's just all it's just all cgi and it's bad cgi and it's a complete mess narratively and it's it's just total garbage one star show it's really really bad mm -hmm. um and then there was like there was like young song creature that was the big like christmas uh release mm -hmm. uh which went down that very very badly big in korea one yeah it's very big yeah uh, it well it wasn't everywhere. it wasn't but it wasn't that successful um like it was it was it was a big show it was extremely expensive and uh, there was a lot of marketing obviously but it didn't get huge eyeballs i'm sure people in korea saw it obviously but so like globally it wasn't particularly successful despite despite its huge stars the stars Park so Joon and and um and so we were very much two of the the top top young a-list like k-drama actors now i mean help Park so Joon was uh, also in the what was it the, the 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 marvels a few months ago the most recent marvel film um which i haven't seen actually but um yeah i i didn't hate kyung creature it's it's set in the colonial era and it's about mm -hmm. 
there's this uh, debonair K-drama male leading character who is, um, he's like a pawn shop owner and uh, there's a, a seeker. Um, uh, I forget the Korean word. It's, it's a real thing, Sean, you'd know it, but um, uh, someone who's specializes in like finding people um and um like from in the, you know from 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 back in the day and uh they team up to find someone who has been is being held captive in this like hospital where they're which is being run by the japanese military but unbeknownst to them under the under there there is like these crazy experiments are happening and they've made this like horrific monster that's going around and it's going to kill everyone and there's some ridiculous melodrama melodramatic revelations in there so it's a pretty so, dumb so, show uh, like, like just like guimul uh the host uh, the monster is caused by a foreign entity yes that's very anti-japanese of course um uh but, but, but Guimul is, is very anti-american as well it, well well in the sense that i think the, i think the host the, is way more there is some anti-american something but i don't i don't think there really is like um, but the creature came about from the american military it did but it's that's not the it's not anti-american the way it's something like this show well, is clearly anti-japanese but the point was the creature the bad thing was created by an outside force this is true invading korea that just i'm just pointing out the meta stuff just the meta stuff um, okay. wasn't being nationalistic <laughs> about it this is the meta <laughs> stuff it's always korea can never be blamed for its own problems <laughs> well, let me see again. This is why it's challenging because the host does that. Yes, yeah, the monster is hard yeah, made, yeah, but then yeah. the, it's 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 so much more critical of Korea than it is of anything else. That uh, I love the host. But the impetus was the film. outside force. Was the yeah, foreign, sure. the foreign power created that? <laughs> it did start there. I'm not denying that. In a way, but Godzilla was the creature. same way. Godzilla was the same way. <laughs> Nuclear powers created Godzilla that were not Japanese. <laughs> You know. This is true. <laughs> just, just quick about about Quemo, From what I know, is that there are two key things that inspired that film. One was the the U.S. military was actually dumping chemicals into water systems. Yeah, that's true. That, that's, that's true. true. That's and it does that's come true. from 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 a right. real anecdote, so, so, right? So, and was and that, Bong, that was not in isolation. Yeah, that's true. Right. And allegedly, and I mentioned this on a previous episode, a recent one about the mysteries of the Han River. Bong Jun Ho allegedly says that he saw a creature on the han river when he was in right. uh, when he was a high school student and as i said so, friend of friend of friend so. of us or friend of the show michael hurt was the translator for the english subtitles for that show for that movie. yes he was i know michael mm. Yay! yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but so yeah some creature uh has its moments like i i kind of i kind of i appreciated some of it i liked it a bit more than than some people who are very very negative and then they drop part two of it because they do this thing this new technique where they make they make these k-dramas and they say they have two seasons but they really just have one season and they're arbitrarily <laughs> dropping it in two bunches oh, and uh, really? when part two came like it just it, everything just you know it all hit the fan and uh, it was it was it was not good uh but anyway, oh, so, so is that what we have to look forward to for squid game two <laughs> no 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 squid game two well i don't know if they'll split that one I have to you know, drop that. Actually, I have I to say they, that. I have to say that. I'm sorry because I think they might actually because uh, they they're doing that now to Stranger Things, right? Which are like their big their biggest right. TV shows, and they are dropping yeah, I mean, in I mean, bunches. I get. I, I today I just got production photos, production stills from the from from the shooting right now today. Yeah, of what? Of, yeah. of Stranger Things or yeah. yeah. Oh, Stranger Things. Okay, 
I think mm. I want Squid Game again. Mm. Squid Game is uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that because obviously it's just there's just so much expectation. It's it's just by far the most expensive thing ever made in Korea. It's just ridiculous. The budget is like something stupid, like 15 times more than the, than the first season. Oh my oh, wow. gosh! I mean, I, I think as much as I didn't really like Squid Game, um, I, didn't like it. I didn't like it. I liked it. Uh, I mean, I was in between. I was in between. It just felt Hunger Games in Korea. My problem, I didn't, I didn't, I, uh, my problem, and we talked about this before, I didn't particularly like the characters. So there was no one that that I was really rooting for. Oh, well, not great. It wasn't awesome. No, I I don't know. No, I just didn't, didn't care for any of the characters. No. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But it's a good thing they all died then. Yeah, I think it just wasn't a very well-written well, okay, show. Well, uh, really the ending, Rogue One, you know, you know, the Rogue One thing. <laughs> um, but we went into Rogue One knowing that they, they'd have to die. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, but I don't. I, I, I'm I am curious about the second season, and maybe this is one of their hooks. Um, I don't know what they, what else they could do. Nothing else can be really shocking now, unless they just go gory with it. Or yeah, that's what I'm scared I, I of. I don't know. I don't that's know how I'm they can of. drive the it's, it's, narrative. There are two ways they can way. go. They can go. They can lean into the this thing of oh that worked. Let's let's triple quadruple quintuple that thing. So they're going to make it more gory, more, I, more sadistic. I, I kind more... of don't worry too much about that, um, largely because uh, as touching on this kind of a faith in certain directors, uh, I've been a big fan of that director since long before he made Squid Game. That was his first drama, but he was already a, like a very accomplished filmmaker. He'd made like five films before that. Mm-hmm. And they're all very good. They're all very, very different. And all of them are like quite cynical. And um, so he understands like what works, what an audience wants, but he doesn't give them like okay. the the closure that people want, the happy endings. He just, he keeps leaving these really dark messages everywhere. And so no, I really that's respect- That's what I'm wanting. That's what I'm wanting is I, I want a commentary on Korean society. I want a Korean, uh, or, but that's why people liked it so much because it wasn't just Korean society. It was capitalism in general. That's well, because it, really it applied, you know, it was about Korea, but it applied in a global scale. The same, yeah. the same, same as same as Parasite, same as like, you know, Train to Busan. These are just these, exactly. these, these parables that, that exactly. are very transferable, highly universal. But that's why, um, like, that's why I like, a, like Attorney Wu, but that Attorney Wu is more about Korea because it's all, every single episode sp- deals with, deals with something in Korean society. That one's very specific, but that's the, the, that, that's the heartwarming side of Korean content taking over yeah, the world. Yeah. Not the not the not the dark edgy. No, it's genre. not dark at all. It's not dark at all. No, no, no. But I do like Attorney Wu a lot. Yeah, that was lovely. But yeah, I, I like Squid Game, uh, and I'm I'm very curious to see what they do with season two. You know, it's a very challenging for the director, and um, we'll see. You know um, how it turns out. I suppose it'll probably drop uh, for Chuseok, the same as the first one uh, later oh. this year. Oh actually that's news that's news right there no i don't know that it's just my guess the last one i know but still but still i didn't even think of that oh yeah actually probably is that is is that um traditionally a a a good time to to, for film like say christmas in say in the western market oh yeah yeah well it's Yes, Chuseok yeah. and, and there, there are four big periods, right? There's Chuseok, there's Lunar New Year, there's the end of year period, and then there's like the the, sum, the summer holidays, uh, mm-hmm. the summer school holidays. Those are like the, the big clutch August, ones. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the summer one is the biggest one. The biggest films tend to come out late July, early August. Um, uh-huh. And then um, the, the end of year period is then the next, the, next, the second biggest period, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the Solar Lune New Year and Chusok, they they occasionally have a few big hitters. And so any efforts for TV as well now, they're, they're Netflix is often dropping, saving their yeah. big content for that those, makes a for lot those, of those windows. People do that, that there's like one day, even half a day, people do their family, familial obligations. And then we got this, all this time of like, oh, wait, what now? What do we do? I well, mean, we know what I'm, they do, I'm, Joe. <laughs> we work well, in the industry and what they do, they they leave Korea, they travel. <laughs> they become they outbound. Do. Out, but these days, out, they, out, it's revenge travel. Days, it's yeah. revenge travel. Yeah. Nonetheless, it, but I've been in these situations is you're with the family uh you're stuck with people that you're trying to figure out what you have in common let's go see a movie or let's just watch something on tv together and that's the way we can bond with each other even though we're we're we're, we're, we don't really have anything cultural i don't know just our interests are not are not totally aligned but let's find something we can bond over and here we go we got a movie let's do this I don't know if Squid but, Games the, is the best type of family viewing, though. It's an odd one, right? It's true because it, yeah. it, it, that kind of goes against it. Normally, they do on four quadrant titles. You have these kind of things where it's like, yes, you know, it'll have the whole three generations of the family that'll it'll work for them. So something like uh, Miracle in Cell Number Seven or Extreme Job. You know, some of the biggest films of all time opened. Those were both uh, Lunar New Year hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, so Squid Game, uh, sl- something of an anomaly there. But, um, but hey, it, uh, it, uh, it worked. Whatever. So. <laughs> Running Man episode 5000. Okay. Oh, there you there go. We got that. Uh, but to, there is another show I'd like to talk about. There's, uh, in terms of like horror, there was one like proper horror drama that came out last year. And I really liked it. It's called Revenant. Um, and that was uh, the Korean title was uh, was just like was like was like double, and um, it's the new show by Kim Eun Hee, the the showrunner who is known for the Kingdom series, and also Signal, which I which I really really love. Um, so yeah, her new one is Revenant, stars uh, Kim Tae Ri, the actress from The Handmaiden, um, as a young woman who so- starts to be like possessed by this very malevolent spirit. And, um, her father was like a researcher in like, you know, occult stuff. And so this is all kind of connected to that. And this, this possessive force occasionally takes over and, and like kills people through her. And then she also, she teams up with this, uh, this occult professor and they try and like, you know, solve the mystery. And, um, it's, it's really good. It's a total slow burn where it takes a, it's, it takes a minute to really kind of get into the groove of the film, uh, of the series. It doesn't, um, it's uh, it doesn't give you all the keys to its mythology straight away but it's a very well worked out mythology and i say that that that's really important to say because a lot of times of korean horror the like the, the world building the mythology is just garbage and they take they take ideas from things they've read in folklore or something else but they don't they don't like connect the dots really well and there's just so many holes of everything and it's all really inconsistent and then it just loses its impact entirely and this one it just it just slowly gives you all the all the bits so the what's what seems mysterious you get more little pieces of the mythology and it gets more complex and then leads to deeper mysteries and it, and it ends really really well and it's um it's very much like a, a parable about like suicide in korea and a bunch of stuff i, I thought it was terrific i really really liked it yeah so that was 
I also think that's on Netflix now. Um, that's on that's on Disney. That's uh, that's a oh, Disney. Disney. Yes, um, Disney. It's, it's right. an SBS show, but it was globally carried on Disney. Okay, that's where I saw it then. Okay, yeah, and yeah, I'll have to have to look at chicken. There's so much stuff they have to look at. Uh, there's to there's, there's too much. The the, the the modern content world is just insane. There's there's everything, and there's no curation, and it's just insane. We don't know what to watch yeah. anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you see the Disney? I guess it. I I guess it. I know it's on Disney Plus in Korea. Uh, the Korean series moving. I did. Uh, moving yeah, was my I've favorite watched show. I watched year. half the series. I watched half of it. I, I, yes. I adore moving. I think it's great. Okay. Um, okay. It's. It was uh, an interesting a fr- experience a watching of us, it because a friend of us was in the show. Very good. Daniel Kennedy. Um, Daniel Kennedy was the the American. Oh right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving is. Uh, is uh, based on this very famous uh, webtoon manhwa by uh, Kang Pool, who's just a super, super famous webtoon author. And he did like um, uh, 26 years uh, back in the day. And uh, a bunch of his stuff has been adapted before, but this is the first time that like he wrote it himself. And so he's kind of the showrunner. And um, it's it's a very big show. Twenty episodes had ended up having like a sixty-five billion won budget, so you know just a bit over fifty million dollars by today's exchange rates. And um, it's you know it's very much like a yeah, superhero content across like all these different generations of people and um when it started it's interesting because it dropped like seven episodes at once um the first day was seven episodes and um when i started watching it i was i was both very impressed and a bit frustrated by bits of it and then kind of by the end of the seven episodes i kind of just really kind of got into it and um and then after that i was just it was i i, I just loved pretty much just everything that came after that it's a really really sprawling story and it has this very unique sort of structure where it's it's going back and forth over, over all these different time periods and focusing on these different characters and it's it's talking about the kids and it goes back and shows like the backstories of all the parents and then it goes back and connects them and then there's these other characters and it's really kind of byzantine but very very clear and easy to follow and um and everyone gets like a massive emotional payoff throughout and just all builds and builds and builds into this fantastic like climax where like the the climax just takes place you know in this one location and it's, it's like over like three episodes or something and that sounds ridiculous but it really really works very well and so i was just hugely impressed by that show and um so yeah that was my favorite k-drama experience last year and uh, a lot of people felt the same way and right yeah because my, my wife keeps telling me like like oh let's let's watch it and i'm like okay and then last year's like wait i'm just, I'm just kind of just <laughs> i need to I need to sl- need to sleep just but now that things it's january things are slower um yeah uh i think i think we might actually jump in jump into that because I, th- I think she has seen i don't know the first few episodes but we haven't um i do i haven't seen any of them yet but mm-hmm. it, it, but it has a bit it's a bit darker as well isn't it there's a or violent or visceral in some regard um there is some violence to it absolutely i mean it's a, it's 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 superhero content and you can kind of call it you know korea's stab at marvel to a degree yeah yeah but it is that, it's that, more that was, that was that's my part of why i was saying about squid game because it seemed like moving was doing what i think it seemed like they they saw oh violence worked with squid game let's make this extra violent and there were just moments that were just unnecessarily violent and that and that i kind of liked the violence in it though um, i hated I gotta it say. i really hated it i hated it i felt it was egregious i felt it was unnecessary 
I, that's, I, I, that's always a good sorry Pierce but I think no, that's no. that's always a, a really good debate is it, it, so you know of course violence sex whatnot it can it can always be gratuitous but but I mean or it I can mean, actually like, 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 fit, like the naked shower fit. scenes and in, in, in um uh, what's that movie dang it the, the, Society. the bugs the bugs the sci-fi bugs movie from the 90s starship troopers starship, starship troopers. troopers dang it man can't remember names when i'm drinking all right yeah, yeah. so so yeah but, uh, you but, didn't but, need but, you didn't need the naked shower scenes in the starship troopers to tell the story well the teenage boys who are watching those movies so uh, of course i yes um, of course but, i loved it um, <laughs> i liked it but you didn't need it and yeah. like, i felt like you didn't need the extra violence in moving um so so my point is yeah so that that's always an interesting debate <laughs> to me so I, i'm 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 surprised i'm surprised that uh, you would you would have those views and i would start some troopers is interesting because i think with um you know you can call the the, the co-ed shower stuff you know these richards is in that as well she is yes <laughs> um she sure and is. but like you know with with paul verhoven if you strip away the sex and violence i'm not sure there's any point anymore um so it's uh you know he 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 goes wild in the sex and violence and his movies and there's always there's there's meaning to it um and you know part of it is just you know it's just the visceral the the the, the sensation the the thrill of exploitation but that's a thing as well All that's right. valid you know that All excites right. I get people that. i get that i get that i just i just um i guess i have a i have a really it's, like it's true though i have, I have with, an overdeveloped Korean... i have an overdeveloped empathy empathy node and when i see that <laughs> shit it just really makes me feel really but it, it's true with with korean content that they do amp up the violence it does seem to be a thing but there's a reason do you, do, you know why do you think that korean content amps up its its violence to these degrees well, well what is your guess i have a theory but does, do you guys have an idea about it uh, it's the reason why bts exists it's like where they see what works and they try to amp it up the formula sure but the, for me it's like it's where it works because it's not violent content isn't popular in korea people always complain about the violence of shows right. in korea but they constantly. see what works and it's they, western they viewers it that like yeah. the violence it's western yeah. viewers so we're the problem but um, that's what that's what uh, felt, it felt artificial to me it felt moving felt artificial that the violence felt artificial it's like oh we could do this but no let's do this more so that we can you know amp it up a bit it's like you didn't really need to do that i won't deny that it is probably amped up a bit but i i enjoyed it you know i think that uh that kung Pu, you know that webtoon guy has such um he has a he has a really good sense of uh of tone and structure and other things but he 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 knows that he's kind of these these like comic codes really well and he just knows what what kind of you know is okay so you're thinking the, 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 the rhythm webtoons, of something the that way or you're just a sick motherfucker his his webtoons are very violent his webtoons are arguably more violent than what well, than, than oh really than, oh, okay oh yeah okay, absolutely okay. they're more okay. they're they're more fucked up um and so so it wasn't surprising to see that in there i'm glad he was allowed to to express himself okay <laughs> okay okay good good perspective thank you okay so now i feel a little better okay but it's true I, again korean again, content again, is generally the more point of anyone who's ever been in a korean marriage admit you're wrong i was wrong okay good yes <laughs> you're right I, I think it's entitled I, to your opinion. It's not about being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you, you helped you have clarify a little more that, that the webtoon is way more violent than what I saw because I thought it was really just a cheap way of of just like oh yeah, this is just you know it's, it's like oh we have it this way and then some executive said no we need to amp it up because you know Squid Game did this and it was like oh okay well let's just do it this way. 
I, I think yeah so like i said That's- i think i it's my fault for starting this because because i think i because i because I, I do like this debate i like the debate is is something like violence gratuitous in the film or does it serve a narrative is it part of the 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 point of pushing what the movie's trying to say or even if the movie's not really trying to say anything is it just part of the that particular movie's experience and in a lot of cases especially for horror definitely that's the case like i i don't i can't think of like a uh, like a i don't know a, like a lars von trier film like like i think everything that's being used in those films serves what he's trying to say but then you get someone like just like i don't know like jess franco who who is a little bit maybe it's a little bit more gratuitous i still like franco's movies but um there there's more gratuitousness gratuitousness in his films um but, but then you can take jose Marin, uh, you know at uh, at midnight, I'll take your soul. Um, I haven't seen that. Uh, very violent for a 1960s Mexican uh, Brazilian film, but um, I think it serves it because that's exactly what the character would do. So that we get to know the character, and everything that he does just makes sense within that character. So then, and I think in that regard, it just doesn't become gratuitous anymore. So I don't know. So yeah, I'm always, I'm like, ah, I'm fine with, I know you, if you're watching a Friday the 13th film, it's supposed to be, supposed to be gratuitous, right? That's the whole well, point. Well, that's, that's it. Why there's there's a mixture it. of, of, uh, you know, what propriety expectation, a bunch of other things. Um, my, my view about violence, I'm, I'm pretty permissive when it comes to violence on, on screen. I, I, yeah, I, if, if, if Sorcerers want to use violence, it's, that's completely their prerogative. Um, you know, there occasionally I am scandalized by things. Um, you know, I, I, there are, there are certain, there are certain, like with Korean content, there will definitely be moments, some films where like the violence against women is, is too much and is troubling and shows and, and seems to speak beyond the, beyond the, 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 the narrative, you know, it's like, I feel like the people making this have a problem. Right. Um, then it becomes you know, gratuitous. Right. Look at yeah. like Kim Ki Duck's films, for example. And I like right. Kim Ki Duck's uh, uh, earlier films, but like some of his, 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 uh, his last movies, um, since of course he has now passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt like brutally uh, uh, gratuitous to a point that uh, they felt like sort of like odd kind of mockumentaries of the things he was actually doing to people uh, on, on sets. And it was, it was just that's, that that rubbed me raw and i was i got very angry about that wrote some really nasty reviews about it but um um it's also some of my most popular writing but um, um uh yeah generally generally speaking i'm i'm kind of okay with 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 violence so, so so some some of it i don't like watching myself but i don't i you know it's like yeah well there's there's an audience for that it's just not me right right yeah. but a lot of the time yeah. it is me that's yeah. how i am too i mean i, I recognize there's an audience for it it's just it's just not me yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I just love I love that discussion is is violence. I don't think violence is inherently gratuitous in film or or in storytelling at all. Um, uh, but I think we have to look at it through through the lens of the narrative. What what's trying to be said? Oh, and and again, like for me, I'm a character guy. I'm really 
driven mostly by the characters and the mood of a film, really, especially a horror film. I care more about the mood than I do say the scares uh, in a film, um, in a horror film. But if the characters are violent, then I'm okay with the film being violent. Doesn't bother me. It just it, it pushes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Pushes the narrative. It pushes the narrative. And I think- yeah. Well, that, that just you talk about that reminds me of a very good example of that recently being Bones and all. You guys watch that? No. Uh, you should watch that. Uh, you guys should both watch it. I, I don't know. I don't know if you'd like it, Joe, but I think Sean, you can get something out of it. It's um, uh, it's uh, the most still the most recent Luca Guadagnino film. The guy who did um, uh, Call Me by Your Name and just the the the, the Suspiria remake, which I adore. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, right. Yeah. Bones and all that. So it's like Timothy Chalamet and I forget the co-star Taylor Russell, I think her name is. And they're like these kind of like young, it's like a, a road movie with cannibals. Um, so it's like, it's like Badlands with cannibals. That's basically, <laughs> it. um, and it's, it's, it's insane. Like some of it is just like, it's, some of it is like really hard to watch, but it's all about the characters very much. So, so the, 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 the violence is, is uncomfortable because it, it matches how you should be feeling about the characters at that point in the story. So it really challenges that, that very notion. And I think it does it in a very good way. So it's like Badlands meets eating Raul. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So but, uh, just to 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 finish the note about this this idea of like the Korean violence, which I think has been you know amped up um, by uh, because of its success in the West. I think this has been going on for a long time, and um, even like when I came uh, started watching Korean films, you know, about twenty odd years ago um living in switzerland and also in ireland uh and i'm buying dvds now it's blu-rays and it was dvds and one of the labels that i bought a lot from was a british company called tartan and um one of their sub labels they would release their asian films through this sub label called tartan asia extreme and basically they just tartan only- asia extreme yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's, they, they were just selling, you know, violent Asian content, violent and weird Asian content to like, you know, teenage boys like myself. <laughs> and, and, um, and yeah, that was the thing. And, and then, you know, the, then the, 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 the production companies back in Korea going, Oh, this stuff is working. So we need to make more of that, more K horror, more of this and that and the other. And, uh, and so for years there was certainly, there was a big boom in K horror and a bunch of other things that it's ebbed, it's it died down. Then it came back up again in the last few years of starting with like train to Busan and through parasite and squid game. I think, I think we're on the downturn again. No. Right. Right. So I have a quick question. Cause I want to, I do want to get into uh, uh, the, the cinema industry, which we did talk about last year as well. You, uh, we're, actually could even be the yeah maybe it was last year we talked about it because uh, you made some um, pretty astute predictions uh, first of all one night you and i you came on the dark side of soul tour you and kyung me your wife kyung me and, and then uh, uh then we uh we we went and got got drinky afterwards and uh, you made some pretty pretty uh uh you had some clairvoyance that night about what you were are you sure you really want to want to want to tell this because this is pretty private no, no, what? <laughs> no, no, no. We were, I'm we were, we were, we were like, hey, hey, we got drunk together. You said some shit. Tell us, tell, tell the public what you Pierce said when I, you were drunk. We were out Pierce together. and I have been drunk together more than once. <laughs> so, so we, yeah, yeah, sure. so we've done that. We were drunk together on Saturday. We're drunk together now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 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 
the th- one thing I, I'm curious of your opinion, because as you said earlier, um, killing romance didn't do well in Korea. And you said it was a bit more, a bit more on the fringe, a um, bit more maybe odd than what Korean audiences kind of like in you. And you, what I would, I've always kind of noticed is that I think, and I see this in other mediums of entertainment as well. I see it in music. Um, see it. I do. I see it in in comic books. Uh, things that are more fringe that I don't know. Maybe people would say are edgier. Although I hate that word, but I, I prefer just on the edge, the edge of what people might consider mainstream. I think these things don't comparatively do as well in Korea. So do you agree? Do you think, why is it that a film like Killing Romance doesn't do well with domestic audiences? Uh, It's a good question. I mean, you know, these films are, you know, a weird film like that. Or other examples, uh, Stage of Green Planet was a film that totally failed. It was a total bust on its release. Became, well, well, okay, you know, can you tell me, timeless like, well, well, classic, why would you but, think? Why would you think that? I mean, uh, for, for our listeners who have never watched it, what, what would... What what are the contents that would that you think that would? Well, you look at a movie like um, Saves the Green Planet. You know, is a very kind of unclassifiable movie about a man who is probably mentally disturbed, who wears like this very strange tinfoil hats and wears paper wears like trash bags and uh, believes that there are aliens from Andromeda that have infiltrated the Earth and he okay like Sean okay yeah okay. So it's you know right. it's it's kind of out there, and uh, <laughs> and um, you have um, you films like that. Another one was like Castaway in the Moon, which I really love, which is a huge huge failure as well. And um, these Castaway films are a was bit a huge failure. You say Castaway, Castaway on the Moon. Oh, Castaway on the Moon. I was like Castaway is a huge failure. For anyone who doesn't oh, yeah. know it, is one of my favorite. Everyone favorite forgot Korean Tom films. Hanks after that movie. Yeah, yeah, huge <laughs> epic failure, Castaway to Moon, of course. <laughs> yeah, it did, did horrible for like like Wilson volleyballs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, these movies are you know they're a bit hard to to classify. The marketing isn't very clear for ah. for audiences, and um, you know, not just kind of four quadrant frills. But honestly, it, um, if I if I may say so, I've always had kind of a an axe to grind with the Korean media. Well, who doesn't, right? But, oh my um, goodness! <laughs> but I really, I really am extremely frustrated with like Korean film media critics and whatnot who have like for the most part really just the most vanilla tastes in anything and they're not interested in they don't watch you know interesting cinema they just no they just watch garbage and so they watch an interesting movie and there's the press screen that like a week or 10 days before a movie comes out they watch the film like oh this is stupid it's the worst thing ever and and they say oh it's like this one this the one movie i saw and and um and it's 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 just embarrassed they just embarrass themselves but you know you know how the public is with the media here they just everyone complains about the media but everyone listens to the media and so so then the movie comes out and it's it's dead it's dead on arrival before it comes out it's already it's already destroyed and and they occasionally a film is so out there that the the you know the, the press are kind of like mocking it a bit and then it becomes it becomes a sport and everyone's kind of jumping on it and medicines just and love love that stuff uh-huh. and um and so a movie just becomes becomes ridiculed and it's totally dead and they just they just ruined it and then it becomes the it opposite accelerates of that the opposite of that would be d war <sighs> 
D War <laughs> is obviously total garbage. Massive. Yes. Hit. Why yes. was it a massive hit? You know, because like the, the what saved that movie, of course, was um, it was all um, you know, it's all nationalism. It's nationalism. Total nationalism. Bullshit. I that's one of the few Korean movies I actually saw in the theater. And oh, I'm so even sorry. I, I actually was tempted to stand up and say this isn't a horrible movie in front of everyone in the theater. I've never been that passionate about how bad a movie was. It was so bad. bad. And, and very, any, very anyone who actually any Korean critic who said this is not didn't even say it was a bad movie. They just said it's not the best movie. They yeah, got and no one death threats. Yeah. They got death threats. It's just wild. <laughs> But you know what? The movie still lost a bunch of money because it was just so stupid. It cost like eighty million dollars. It was just—it was outrageous. It was, it was this whole scam, getting all this money in Hollywood. Yeah. It's, it, it couldn't have. It could be. It could have been the biggest film of all time and created still would have lost money. It was just—it was just classic, you know, just like just like Korean embezzlement it, slash fraud. It slash was. Scam it was the old school of on, Korea's last gas. Yeah, it was last gas with the last gas with the old school of Korea. Yeah, it was very much the old Still plenty of other stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. It was, but that's it was pretty it's epic. the other way around. This is why the Korean press never trust the Korean press on that because Korean press yeah. hyped up D War so badly, yeah, so badly, so dumb to the point where even I watched it in the theater. Wow. I, I've With never no seen English it. subtitles. Good for you. <laughs> no. That probably helps, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is plenty of English dialogue in that, which is which is not not in its favor at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in English. Okay, 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 okay. Backtrack. It was in English. Okay, it was in English. Yeah, no, a terrible, terrible movie. But uh, but yeah. So to kind of get back to your point, you know, it's kind of a a, a mix of all of that i think and so interesting movies just kind of get buried um there is you know there are passionate cinephiles in korea, korea some, some of the most passionate cinephiles in the world but of course they're you know they're they're a small portion of the of the audience and so killing romance has huge supporters now these other movies i've mentioned are are are, are just beloved cult classics now Right. But uh, that doesn't help them to make money, and uh, that doesn't help those directors make another movie. Um, so it's a, it's just a constant problem, and uh, yeah, I, I you there's there's no real way to solve that. You know, you can't you can't suddenly convince you know them the 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 majority of the population to kind of be into you know quirky indie edgy cinema since you no. love that word, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think another good example another movie we watched at the the raw force veteran society was ega mm. and how that what a remarkable film but it just got it just got uh got a korean release but nothing happened and like it just was was uh did it come uh, out did ega come I, out in korea we found out because remember the the um the other the other guy that was there he looked it up he said it got a korean release and then in, in 2013 and then but it it bombed yeah, well, of course it did. This is this is a completely <laughs> wild Indian movie, you know. Um, it's um, like it's not even a Bollywood movie. It's um, it's it's by by um, uh, uh, SS Rajamuli, the guy who did RRR, which was you know became right. kind of a massive hit, and you may have heard of that one. Ega is one of the films he made before that. I, I saw it when it came out. Um, yeah, ten ten years ago or so, and it's about it's a rom com where the 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 male lead ends up uh being killed by the by the evil guy who wants the girl 
And then he comes back as a fly and he, as a fly. he torments the bad guy. And um, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's hilarious. It's very tenderhearted. And like stylistically, it's just incredible. It has this incredible energy throughout. It's really, really well made. Um, absolutely wonderfully flamboyant exuberant film i i i adore it um uh it was uh, and i was so glad to screen that at raw force i'd never seen it with people before mm. and uh, yeah obviously that was that was everyone's highlight that day hands down it's amazing <laughs> it's, just so much fun. it's an excellent film um it's great yeah yeah it's a, and, and then but but uh a little bit too a little bit too like well, well fringe like i'm just gonna keep using i'm just gonna say fringe uh i think for just audiences in korea oh, uh it's, it's, not it's, it's, it's too weird it's yeah. too it's no, too no. it's too bizarre yeah. um even though it's just it's actually very very traditional but uh, honestly i don't know i think something like ego i mean it it could it you you could imagine it working in korea it would need to you know it, it could still fail but the 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 story is so traditional because it's very much just like a, a, a you know there's a there's the revenge element and there's the rom-com element and that's it yeah there's the thing oh he's a fly and that's 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 the wild card but the rest of it's really really traditional and classic and um i think i think that could work actually um but um once you throw in a two a few too many interesting ingredients you that's when you get in trouble <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It has all the elements of a really good folktale, just modernized. And <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great movie. So if anyone doesn't know Ega, E-E-G-A, if you're. Yes. E-E-G-A. Okay. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Which I think just means the fly in television. E-G-O-T. Yeah. Yeah. And so great stuff. Okay. Any last, any last things, any last recommendations or anything about 2023? Film. uh i don't know another movie i loved it's not not at all a dark side of soul movie but was uh aki korismaki's uh, new film fallen leaves i adored that um and aki korismaki's this wonderful finnish filmmaker who makes these very very kind of a cinema obsessed uh lo-fi movies and this one is just great it's just kind of like a, a, a weird little romance uh between like an alcoholic and um and and a woman and um it's just great it's 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 it's, it's if, if you're if you're into like old technicolor films it has that kind of a that kind of a that kind of color that's that that sort of tone and texture and um a wonderful movie so i really like that um yeah Good, good. Well, those are going to be my recommendations for for last year. Uh, I would also just very quickly mention two other really cool K dramas uh, that are actually both Netflix shows. Are both quite good. One of them was Mask Girl, um, which is this kind of a wild tale of a woman who sort of like she's she's an ugly girl who has a kind of a crappy office job, and she she's like one of those. Um, what would you like a cam girl at night and she she wears like a mask and she's she has you know she has a very sexy body and she's a great dancer and she has this whole following but no one knows who she really is and then things like just ugly get really... I'm joking i'm joking i'm joking but anyway it, it kind of goes from there i wouldn't say much more because it just kind of spoils it but there's there's murder and crazy stuff in there and it's, uh, it's very very like stylish ugly betty oh yeah it's like ugly betty and yeah. um it has uh and it's 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 very much reminiscent of Paktonuk. Like Ugly Betty. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ugly Betty. They, they actually they, the, they credit Pachungo at the at, in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. 
<laughs> and then then bloodhounds another netflix one i really enjoyed that it's, it's a very simple story of like two boxers who end up um they because one of them's mother is like beaten up by loan sharks or something and um they end up banding with this like nice loan shark and they have to go up against the bad loan shark it's just lots of like <laughs> and that's it it's lots of bromance and um it's it's that's it that's that's it but it's it's really really good like the choreography is amazing it's very very tense i thought it was fantastic mm. the end is a mess because there was this problem where like the female lead got into like a, dr a drunk driving incident and yeah. so her character had to be suddenly written out in the middle of production and it's very oh. very bizarre so like the last that's two episodes really don't work um no, but it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the filmmaker's fault it's just uh, shit that I had to deal with that works less than the concept of like oh yeah i'm gonna borrow money from the nice loan shark yeah <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> that's a good name for a movie the nice loan shark the nice loan he's shark. like a, he's like a robin oh, hood you know, late on your payment he's not really a loan shark oh oh i won't i won't bust your kneecaps i'll just bust your your pinky toe right <laughs> you know <laughs> Show you some gratuitous violence. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Okay. So, um, okay. I have uh, two more questions. I don't know if Joe, if you have any other questions, but I got no, two I'm more. Done. I'm done. I'm fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so what, what are you, um, what are you most looking forward to 2024? Um, well, for, for Korean films, um, the one I want to mention is a movie coming out actually next month. It's called Exuma, E-X-H-U-M-A. Um, it is a new film by Chang Jae-hoon, who did The Priests, which is kind of like the Korean Exorcist, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty good. And then um, uh, Sabaha, the, the the Fifth Finger, I think it was called, um, which is very like an like, like an occult thriller from a few years back, which I thought was really good. And so his new film is is like it's like, I don't really know exactly what it's about, what it's about, um, but it's um, it's very much it's about like shamanism and, uh, and occultism and um the, i've been hearing about the script in the industry for for several years and uh people have been very very excited and, and buzzing about this one so i'm quite excited semin chic of old boy is in it um kim goon um is in it and um and uh yeah so that comes out in a few in a few weeks and i'm very excited about that. this is a trailer up looks really cool it's also it'll screen at the berlin film festival next month as well mm. so that's certainly the horror movie i'm excited about mm. uh, beyond beyond that other korean films uh i mean i'm excited for bong Joon-ho's new film it's not a korean movie it's the warner brothers mm. um big big sci-fi film mickey 17 with mm. uh, robert pattinson based on a on the sci-fi novel mickey 7 which i have Oh wow! Whiskey bottles, really good book. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, other Korean movies. Well, th th actually, the the new Park Chan Wook TV show. I'm really excited about. Again, not Korean. It's um, it's an adaptation of another book on my shelves called The Sympathizer. A Pulitzer Prize winner for me from a few years ago. Really, really good about. Uh, it's kind of it's like these it begins in the Vietnam War and it's like about these Vietnamese American characters and um, it's it's really quite extraordinary. And uh, so the sympathizer is a is a HBO and A24 production. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it, playing what? a bunch of roles. Um, and I was very very fortunate to be on set for some of this because last oh. year Kyungmi and I, my wife works with Park Chanuk. She he's producing her next film, uh, and so we went to Thailand for our fifth anniversary in in Phuket, and he happened to be shooting there, and so we were invited on set and got to got to meet Robert Downey Jr. and and see wow. him at work, and his scenes were just incredible, and he was wow. so funny, and uh, that comes out in April, I think. So I'm very very excited for that. 
That's amazing. Mm. That's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. Now I have a quite, I have a question to put you on the spot. Hmm. No, nothing, 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 no, nothing revealing or anything like that. But uh, what is a Korean horror movie that very few people have seen that you think more people should see? Uh, I would go down to a classic Korean horror, um, Suddenly in the Dark. I'm sure oh, you know that one, Sean. Keeping Bam Kapsagi. It's this, um, for me, it's like it's the ultimate Korean haunted house horror. Um, it's. Mm. you probably know the that's, story that's, better than i do my alley it's, i love that stuff it's deeply, um deeply shamanic as well very very shamanic it's like there's 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 a, a professor and what is he is it what's his specialty is it butterflies or something i can't yeah, remember yeah yeah that's right it's it's uh, butterflies or moths i think it's butterflies and yeah um, and uh, a local woman passes away and then they kind of pseudo adopt their her daughter as, mm-hmm. as like a live-in housemaid right, and there's something right. pretty wrong with her so it's right. kind of a bit like the housemaid as well but mm-hmm. um um this is very much a, a horror movie and um it has this, this incredible like kaleidoscopic visuals in it and really really creepy yeah. night scenes and yeah. um yeah it's great it's this wonderful energy that's uh i think it's like in terms of like pure horror i'd say it's like the best like classic korean from best classic pure horror from korea yeah so i would highly recommend that Um, that, it is available on blu-ray my alley okay it's available on blu-ray in america i have it a company called mondo macabro put it out in the states a few years ago it's available on blu-ray here i don't know if it's available on streaming somewhere but um it's a very very good movie yeah very good fantastic climax just a terrific yeah great climax Uh, a movie i'd recommend it i'm curious if you've seen this uh terrible film i love it um it's <laughs> the the korean movie a monstrous corpse uh y- probably uh, yes i have y- seen it I, a long time ago i don't remember it yeah it probably korea's first zombie film uh and uh yeah it's it, really cheap <laughs> Uh, but, I remember not being blown away by it, which is why it's no, not very, not very right. <laughs> fresh in my mind. And it, it it's, um, and I'm going because I knew you'd pick a good movie, so I wanted to pick something that was. <laughs> you wanted to balance things out. I wanted to balance things that. out. <laughs> and, yeah, it's something historic or folkloric in it. No, it doesn't. Uh, they're they're the the characters become um, zombies because of science, <laughs> and it's very science! clearly. <laughs> very clearly because of science oh that, that reminds me of a film um i really like um a korean one again it's very like not like great great movie but kind of amazing um i think it's from the 60s it was it called is it called the devil and the beast um it's very much like universal horror style Mm. um you know brain transplants things uh <laughs> on on cheap sets and um it's it's really quite charming and quite good um it this is it's not really fair me talking about this it's not really like it's not available in english like i i watched it on the on like the KNBD is this offshoot of the Korean film. Well, like say, have, like, it's, not, it's not fair. It's not fair to me to say this because there's no English subtitles. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's not available. It's only available to stream in Korea without subtitles. And um, I'm not aware of, I, this is not the kind of film that's likely to get released internationally, but um, right. who knows? Maybe th- there may be some way of watching it. I don't know, but, um, but uh, I, I like it. I, I, I might double check the title 
title. I think it was called The Devil and the Beast. Yeah, because I think movies, there will always be an audience for movies like that. It, yeah. it, even, if, even if it's a small audience, you just, you just, you yeah. just release, uh, just release it online. And then it doesn't cost you much to, to provide it. And I don't know, you know, I don't charge a buck for people to download it or something. Yeah. With the growth of Korean, the popularity of Korean film and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, they'll find some audience for it if they market it. They right. Will. They will. They just got to make it available outside of neighbor. Yeah. And, and some of these sites, but you know, the, like the Korean film archive, they have a great, youtube channel a lot of their most of the movies yeah yeah and they have a lot of films there it's it's quite it's quite wonderful um um i i can't i can't offhand get the name of that other title before unfortunately because i knew i'd written an article about it on the korean uh uh, korean film council website but that whole it was this whole series i did on on classic films unfortunately they appear to have deleted all those articles so um i can't i can't find it (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) oh that's fine well if you do find it let us know we'll we'll we'll, you can add it to we'll add it to show notes or something show notes something like that yeah so okay all right all right great so before we finish up then um Pierce, one more time, where can people find your stuff and where can they get your book? Because, um, uh, well, yeah, the book oh. is available in, in Korea from all the major retailers. Um, again, Pilsunen Konlanhe, uh, written by myself, Pierce Conran. Um, so that is, that is available. Uh, I'd be very grateful if you pick up a copy. Uh, otherwise, my, my, my normal writing, um, uh, in English, uh, South China Morning Post, scmp.com. If I'm in the lifestyle section, I do all the K drama content for them. And yeah, occasionally do other things here and there as well. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Letterbox earlier. Yeah, uh, I'm very you, active on Letterbox. And you write reviews. I mean, it's all personal. It's social media, but but you write good good short reviews there as well. So, uh, not for and, everything, but I, I do often, you know, some, I have yeah. periods where I, 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 I write the reviews or, or sometimes I just do the, the, the ratings, but I do, I do like to freshen up and it's an opportunity for me to write about films that aren't Korean. Um, cause most of the films I watch for pleasure are not Korean because I watch everything <laughs> Korean for work. Oh my God. What an endorsement. <laughs> well, no, it's because it's like, ultimately they're all they're all for work. So you yeah. know there is a distinction. You know, it's like yeah. oh, I'm, I'm excited to watch this movie, but I have to watch it anyway. And right. you know, Thursday evening I've done my work and I can watch something that uh, that's not for work. That's it's that just means it's not Korean. Okay, that's right. Like Tammy and the T Rex. Like Tammy, and the T-Rex. <laughs> essential cinema. Exactly. <laughs> Those in the Pussycats, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Sean, do so, we have any media recommendations? Uh, well, we just gave like a whole show full of media recommendations. Oh so yeah, can you any right. listener? Do any listener mail then? <laughs> we do, we we do, and and this is funnier listener mail, and uh, I'll go through this quick. Last for anyone who doesn't know, last Saturday, oh, you may have seen you may, you may have seen this video. Yeah, I could help with this. She saw this. Jo- She's sending jo- to me. Joe and I decided. It would be, and it, it, I admit it was my my idea, um, my dumb idea. We thought it'd be a great <laughs> idea, a great idea to film ourselves trying the bomb hot sauce, which is on you know on the, the hot ones YouTube uh, show, where people torture themselves with hot sauce while doing interviews, yeah. which is a funny concept. I, I like the concept of that. And, and um, the, the the jar was smuggled into Korea. It's not available in Korea, so it was smuggled by my friend Tae Young Yoon. 
Oh, okay. So Shout out to him. So we had it at Tom's Pizza in Hongdae and um put a little bit too much on the wings. Joe and I had a wing oh, each. And yeah. That was Joe's so and that was Joe's. They say fault. you're only supposed to eat a drop of it. I slathered it all over the wings. Yeah, Oops. it was a lot. And uh so there's a three minute video of us on our Instagram and Facebook. Um of us reacting to it and it's pretty mm. funny so i'm gonna read yeah. some of the and we got a lot of comments yeah it got it, shared. It, 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 i, I do this i do this for you guys and you know what I, I you know what sean i would do it again i would do it again for everyone's entertainment sure i, I will do it um <laughs> so y'all um, y'all loved it so i'll do it again so he, here here here's what some people said when they were commenting so amy lou amy lou dot uh is uh, ise i'm not sure if it's supposed to be say or just ise but amy lou dot ise follows us on instagram said joe looked like he went into another dimension yeah i guess so and he yeah. did <laughs> watch yeah. the video it does look like he went yeah. to another dimension yeah what's in multiverse yeah onibaba 604 which great movie by the way onibaba yeah and uh that's actually we know who that is that's devin devin hifner one of our patrons uh uh devin said does joe walk around with that stuff in his pocket because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find in korea it's like where does he get like know. why do you suddenly you know, have buddy. this at a pizza joint yeah, uh, yeah. the korean chingu who is uh, one of our biggest supporters on uh, mostly on facebook but also on instagram asked or said please don't let joe do that again <laughs> if you see the video it'll make sense if you see the video i react a little harshly to it yeah uh so please don't let joe do that again i thought he was going to stroke out or have a heart attack oh you did turn pretty red you went went pretty red (laughs) Uh, but what's funny is like this is the third time i've had that sauce i knew what to expect and i knew my what my action would be and i still did it it's still way 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 too much as you said but then the korean chingo also finished up just curious do they have ems on standby nope they don't they did not uh no. and then another one dave is on a friend a mutual friend uh dave old friend of mine known dave for 20 23 years or so 20 20 22 years or something dave said i would never do that knowing the state of most korean shitters oh so, Shitters um, at Tom's is, is all right. I recre- I recre- oh, yeah, Tom's bathroom is great. Um, I I recovered well uh, compared to past times. It, I I think I'm getting a little more of a tolerance for it because there are three videos of me eating this. If you look really hard, yeah. and is is the thing about that is like eat that, but this is the breathing, the breathing. If you breathe, it makes it worse. Unfortunately, you have to breathe. <laughs> I I I killed I, I killed a pint of beer after, and that was dumb because oh. it cooled, cooled me down. But I got wicked gas after his. Yeah, like Sean Sean went outside and walked around for like thirty minutes or so. Yeah, and it yeah. started to snow a little bit, so it was nice to help help. It was cool nice. Me down. It was like we had a, anyway. We had a great evening. It was it was our teams in kitchen meeting. It was it was dark side of soul. June from our comic books was there um good many people from our guides was there we had brie we had uh tanny we had we had ron, ron. there uh, yeah. my daughter gian joined uh, it was hilarious because 
out of all the women, GM was the only one with a boyfriend, so she was giving relationship <laughs> advice to them. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, really fun night. Really, 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 really fun night at Tom's Pizza. Um, yeah, good times. And then we did a we did a Icha. We did the second place. We went to spill out after that, and just fun place. We're just endorsing two of our, our favorite pizza places in Korea. Places to, places to eat long day. Yeah, and and have anyway. a nice drink and have a nice drink. Yes. Mm. All right. Anyway, thanks, Pierce. That was great. Thanks, Pierce. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope I didn't yeah. uh, bore anyone too much. My yeah, reference. you didn't bore me. I kept my microphone on most of the time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I gotta do. I gotta do my thing. Uh, Dark Souls podcast was produced by Joe McPherson and Joe Sean Morrissey. Our music. Opening and closing music was by Sarek Simon. You can find on Bandcamp under JG Digital. We want to thank our top tier patrons. Angel Earl, Joel Bonamini, Sharon Cullen, Devin Hifner. Devin Hifner. On a Baba. Hey, Baba. Um, Gabby Palomino. Gabby Mom. Gabby Baba. <laughs> uh, Gabby Palomino. Steve Marsh. Mitchie Burr. Ron Chang. Mackenzie Moore. Honor winner. Cecilia Lufgren Dumas. Emily Umba, Josephine Reberg, David Weatherly, Janice Song, and Devin Buchanan. Thank you for helping us out, man. Uh, you too can uh, join us at, at patreon.com slash Sold. starting at just $5 a month. You get a lot of extra content. Fun stuffs. Lots of Fun stuff. Fun stuffs. Yeah. Thank you, Pierce, man. Love you. My pleasure. You don't have to love me too. It's a one-way thing. I'm used to it. <laughs> it's Unrequited all right. love. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. You're a handsome dude. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. This is where you say goodnight, Joe. Say goodnight, all right. Joe. All right. All right. Until next time, uh, stay spooky. <laughs> Good night. Oh, where's, where, where did I stop this? Oh, there we go. <laughs>